Good morning, my sisters and brothers. Good morning, good morning, Mixalar. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Tashina, that was such a prayer, powerful prayer. It, 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 it ignited something inside of me. It started something inside of me. It set ablaze something inside of me. And I'm sitting here, but I wish I never had to sit down. I wish I was standing somewhere I could have run up and down. But it ignited something inside of me. It, it, it did something. All scriptures that we read over and over and over and over and over, that God will make it new to us this morning. I pray that we will not just be hearers of the word. I pray that, Lord God, we will be transformed by the word. I pray that we'll not just hear it and we say it was a good word and we take out a one point that we think made sense to us, but that the word will transform us and we will not be the same. And so, Father, I, I release your people, including me, to you. God, I am tired of good words. Lord, every person on NLH, every speaker that comes to NLH brings a good word. Every speaker brings a good word. Barring none, there's never a week we could leave and say, oh, there was nothing we got from that word. But God, I am tired of good words. Lord, I need transforming words. I need words, Father God, that we're at, at the end of the message, Father God, all of us begin to change in even in the eyes of others. That people will see us, that the old ways of our doing things and the old ways of how we did things and the old ways, Father God, of how, how we lived, God, no longer be, be irrelevant because we will be so changed. Father, I give you all of us this morning. God, and I pray that even as my sisters and my brothers sit and listen, they too will give of themselves to you. And so, Father, I thank you. I thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. So this text this morning we read from Joshua 3, verses 1 to 17. I find it extremely difficult to move out of Joshua. Extremely difficult. Sometimes I try to entertain another text just for reading. And I realize it, 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 the other text, and I know they are the word, but it just don't feel like that's what I'm to be reading now. I feel like the Lord have me said, this is where I want you to camp out. And it so happened that they were camping out. This is where I want you to, to stay and mind the nuggets. Because when you move from text to text, you're getting nuggets, but sometimes the Lord, ever so often the Lord wants you to sit at one spot and get every nugget from even one verse. After this morning, what the Lord wants me to focus on is, this is how you will know that the living God is amongst you. It's as if God is saying, these are the signs. These are the signs of those of to know that I am with you. He's saying, in essence, he's saying, when I'm with you, things look differently. When I'm with you, you don't look the same. You don't act the same. You don't. When I'm with you, things change about you. People will look on to you, look on you wearing the same dress, and they say, but there's something about you. What is it? And they'll ask you, what is it? Are you using new makeup? Are you using, what is it? What is it are you washing your face with? Because they cannot understand the change. But when the Lord is with you, you will know. Joshua 3, especially placing emphasis on verses 9 to 11. Joshua the scripture said, then Joshua said to the Israelites, come and listen to what the Lord your God has said. And that is what I felt you are being invited to do this morning. Come and listen to the word of the Lord. Some translation says, today you will know for sure. Others say, this is how you will know for sure. 
The today is as if, as if that the translator is saying, today is the day, not tomorrow. Today is the day that you will know and you will know for sure. The other translators are saying, these are the signs that will cause you to know for sure that the living God is amongst you. And then Joshua goes on to say, he will, without fail, drive out the Canaanites, the Ittites, the Hevisites, the Perizzites, the Gershahites, the Hamorites, and the Jebusites. All the people who now live in the land you will soon occupy. Then he says, look, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. Like you and I, or maybe not all of us, the Israelites had the tendency to be easily discouraged, distracted at the first appearance of danger, hardship, pain, unmet expectations, disappointments, or uncertainties. You and I are like that in some ways, or we may know someone who is like that. The first sign of any little problem, they're gone. They're check out. They're not longer the same. That shouter would shout no longer shout. That person would pray no longer pray. That person who would worship no longer worship because something is happening and they have now been discouraged and distracted. But through Joshua, the living God invites the Israelites to come and hear his word. His word is to, to encourage them. The adjective, I realize adjective, the word living is an adjective because it is describing God. They didn't say the dead God, the wooden God the golden God, the iron God. They said the living God. And the word living denotes that Israel's God was not dead, but was a live person. Unlike the other gods who that were made of wood and stone and metal, this God had character. This God had personality. This God had all the authority that earth would ever need. This God had the ability to communicate and he had a will. His presence made a difference in the lives of those who have faith in him and depended on him. Those whom, with whom he, has, he had a relationship will realize that Inner qualities start to be produced. Love becomes an inner quality. Holiness, peace, joy, gentleness, compassion, unity, kindness, humility, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm going to keep going. Servanthood, faithfulness, self-control, goodness, contentment, courage. Those are inner qualities of those who are in relationship with this living God. This living God assures the Israelites that I will be amongst you wherever you go. Every second of the day, you can enjoy my presence. And then he said to them, these are the signs for you to know that I am with you. I will lead you across the river to occupy the land of Canaan. Canaan was a promise that God made to Abraham from Genesis 17, 8, when he said, I will give the entire land of Canaan where you now live as a foreigner to you and your descendants. It will be their, theirs, their possession forever 
and I will be their God. So this is thousands of years ago. God had promised the Israelites that he was going to give them this land as their inheritance. The Jordan River can or could be viewed by them as a major obstacle or as a pathway. If they viewed it as a major obstacle, it would mean that they would not cross over and they would settle for the portion of the promise that they had, the promised land that they had. Remember, there was a part of it that, that was on the other side of the Jordan River that two and a half tribes got. But for them to take hold of all that God promised them, they had to cross over where the other nine and a half tribes would be given their inheritance. So if the Jordan River was seen as an obstacle, they would settle for, the portion of the, for a portion of the promise. But if they saw it as a pathway, though it was unfamiliar and seemed impossible, they would wholeheartedly trust and depend on God to lead them on a pathway they have never traveled before. You and I have that same option. You have your Jordan River and I have my Jordan River. That thing that seems impossible. That thing that seems impossible, that thing that seems nothing can change it, nothing can fix it. It cannot happen. Going to Kenya seems impossible for some of us. Getting the job that we want seems impossible for some of us. Getting the, the scholarship for some of us seems impossible. But if you see that Jordan River as a major obstacle, you will are settling for only a portion of God's promise for you. But if you see it as a pathway, if you see it as a part of your journey, though it is unfamiliar and you have never traveled that way before, you will depend, you will rely on God. The Israelites knew that it is, nobody wants to settle for half of the promise. Who wants a half of a paycheck? Who wants a half of what is promised to you? None of us will say, none of us wants that. But the truth is many times we settle for a portion of God's promise. Because it requires you to go beyond the impossible. It calls you to go beyond the impossible. It causes you to push beyond the impossible. It causes you to move beyond the unmovable. It causes you to move and to go around things that seem as if I cannot go around. But the only way they would know that God was with them was for them to go beyond the impossible. A next sign that God gave them was they would know that he's with them or amongst them when he dislodged the Canaanites from among them. The Canaanites were Noah's grandson, Noah, descendants of Noah's grandson, Canaan. And Canaan was the son, the son of Ham. If you look in Genesis 9 verse 18 or Genesis 9, it tells you the story of how Ham saw his father's nakedness and instead of covering his father what he did he went and he called his brothers to come and look as a result of that Noah cursed Canaan and Ham because they sinned against him Genesis 9 20 to 25 I want you to read and see whatever God is doing in your life no he never started today he started from your great-grandfather from your grandfather from your father and he keeps building on it to get to you God did not start with you and he's not gonna finish with you he's gonna continue through your children so be careful of what we are doing God says to them, I am going to dislodge these people. According to Genesis 10 verses 15 to 17, Canaan was the father of the Canaanites. 
He was the father of the Hittites. He was the father of the Gershites. He was the father of the Hevites. He was the father of the Jebusites. Canaan, these were Canaan's sons. And you realize, God was saying, I'm going to destroy all of the, the, the tribes, all of the descendants of Canaan. I am going to destroy, barring none. They were a paganistic people whom God had come, come condemned to judgment at the hand of the Israelites. It was nothing for them to sacrifice their sons and their daughters in fire to their, to, to, to their wooden and dead gods as offering. They practiced sorcery. They practiced necromancy. They practiced magic and witchcraft. They worshipped various gods over the, over, over the earth, sky and the sun. They worshipped demons. And God said, I am going to dislodge these people. I am going to eliminate them because I cannot continue earth with them. God did this before with Noah. Can you believe it? God wiped the slate clean with Noah. And had Noah and his four sons and their wives. Yet, God is going to have to do it again. Because sin was in the camp. Am had sin in his life. And God is saying, I am going to dislodge. I am going to eliminate. I am going to rid society of these people. Because they are sinful. You and I looking on and persons who may not understand what God has done or is doing may say, but God seemed to be wicked. It's a wicked act. How could a loving God kill children, boys, girls, babies on the breasts? How could a loving God kill women? What can a woman do? What can a baby do? God knows that as long as sin is left, on earth sin breeds sin god knows that if you leave a baby a sinful baby alive a sinful baby is going to become a wicked man they would have grown up in the practices that they saw their parents and even if the mother got away with one she would teach her son what she knew but god says i'm going to dislodge I am going to remove you. Not only will he remove them, but he's going to eliminate them. God wanted to ensure that the paganistic practices of the Canaanites would not ensnare the Israelites. In Deuteronomy 7, God instructs the Israelites that when he brings them into this promised land, and he delivers the nations to them. They are to drive them out and totally destroy them. They are to make no treaty with them. They are to show them no mercy. They are not to marry or intermarry with them by giving their daughters and their sons to, to, to them. Because if they do, God says, the Canaanites will turn your sons away from following the living God. To serving dead gods. To serving wooden gods. To serving gods made of stone and metal. And God said, and my anger will burn against you and I will quickly destroy you. In essence, God is saying, listen, I am warning you. Do not get mixed up with those Canaanites. Those people who fail to recognize that I am God. Do not get carried away and mixed up and intermarry with those people. Have nothing to do with them. The, the practices of the Canaanites would interfere with God's plan or God's plans for Israel as his people. God wanted to be their focus and he wants to be your focus and my focus. And God is saying to you and, and he's saying to me, do not get mixed up 
with the things of the world, the people of the world who are worshiping things. Do not be enticed and dragged away by the thing that the society is saying if you don't have your abnormal. This is what living looks like. God is saying no. I want to be your focus. I want to be your provider. I want to be your sustainer, your leader, your defender, your deliverer, your protector, your savior. And God wanted him to identify the difference between having a dead God and a living God. Sometimes we don't know the difference because we're yearning after things of the dead God. We're yearning after things to look like the people who do not serve God because we say this is what prosperity looks like. And God is saying, no, do not follow them. Do not try to do what they do. Do not try to live the way they do. I want you to know what it looks like to have a living God amongst you. The Israelites would know that God is, is with them when the river stops flowing downstream and they are able to step out in faith and confidence. When you and I can step out in faith and confidence in God in the midst of our river, in the midst of our river flowing and it seems impossible, God said, then you will know, then you will know that I'm amongst you because you're going to do things you would have never have done. When you and I are able to trust God, when the river is flowing and it seems impossible and it seems impossible and it seems unattainable and it seems unmovable, then you will know that God is with me because what I am doing has nothing to do with me. It's not my effort. It has everything to do with God being with me. When you are able to know that in the midst of your pain and your trials and your trouble and your circumstances can still trust God, when you cannot pay the bills and you can still trust God. When you cannot pay the rent and you can still trust God. When you cannot buy the food and you can still trust God. Know that it is not your effort. It is because he is with you. The living God promises to be with his people. And he wants us to know that through the indwellings of the Holy Spirit, he is amongst us and these are the signs for you to know that God is with me you know what you do you cooperate with God once you find yourself cooperating with God you know that he's with you once you find yourself trusting God to rid you of the endurances in your life that cause you not to be holy and set apart unto him, you know that God is with you. Once you find yourself being faithful, once you find yourself being not being aloof and unloving, you know that you know that you know that God is with you. Love becomes an overflow of the heart rather than effort love becomes an overflow of the heart rather than your effort because it is then the holy spirit who is with you who is working in your heart you find that when god is with you your heart starts to change towards other people you no longer is moved to do what pleases me it's no longer about my ways. It's not, I will do it my way. It's not about, no, no, no. It's about me. No. When God is with you, when the living God is with you, your heart changes towards others. You and I become less judgmental. We become quicker to forgive. 
we become more compassionate. We become more humble. We become less controlling. We become more faithful and kind. We become more patient. We become more gentle. Because we know that the presence of the Lord is with us. And we are being changed by that old word that Tashina spoke about this morning. Becoming new to our situation. When the Lord, when the Lord is with us, check our desires. Our desires change. We don't desire the things we used to desire. We don't no longer just desire things because it is there to be desired. Your motive change. Your way of doing things change. You don't come and offer God dead sacrifices that cost you nothing. You offer him things that cost you. It cost you time. Karen, I was so tempted last night to say to you, go ahead. But the Lord said it has to cost you something, Ava. When you came in, you were tired. But it has to cost you something to stay up late, get up early, and to do what I've called it. Suppose there was no Karen. Suppose there was nobody else who would offer themselves to say, I will preach for you. It is easy to give God nothing. It is easy to roll out of bed and come and do nothing. It is easy to come and just know some things are so natural because we are all wired different. And some things are so much more natural to some than it is to others. And God is saying no. When you recognize that I am with you, everything changes. Your desire for God changes. God becomes the focus, not something that you do. Not something that you add on to your Sunday morning because it's a tick off that I went to church. When God becomes your focus, when God becomes your focus, when God becomes your focus, things changes. We desire to live in unity rather than disunity when God is living amongst us. We don't compete against each other. We celebrate what is in you because I know that what God is doing in you is going to do something in me. And so I can celebrate what he's doing in you because him, God working in you does not remove the fact that he's going to work in me. And so I can celebrate what God is doing with you. When God is amongst us, we face trials differently. Because we know that all the decisions first must be sanctioned by God. You think you can go through anything at all that God would not, that, that would take God by surprise? You think God woke up this morning and wondered, oh my God, what's happening? Heaven, earth is, on, is, in, is in problem. Things don't always go the way we would like them to go. But you know what? God never promised you and I or guarantee us a life of comfort and ease. Actually, in Judges 6.13, Gideon asked, If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? In essence, Gideon is saying, but if God is with me, if God is with us as a nation, why are we going through this? And you may ask God that question. God, if you are with me, why am I? Why am I? If you are with, why? Why? And we ask those why questions. Abraham was faced with many challenges. He was, his faith was tested and his patience was tested. But all the time, God was with Abraham. And 25 years later, God gave Abraham the promise. God works his will through us despite the struggles. Joseph was sold into slavery. He was lied upon. He was imprisoned. But that did not stop his dream from becoming a reality. 
Because Genesis 39, 2 tells us that God was the Lord was with Joseph and all that he did in Potiphar's house and in the prison, he prospered. When God is with you, no matter where you are, you are going to prosper. In the prison, in the dungeon, in the say in the in 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 in, in the cell, in the terrible job, in the bad marriage, whatever, wherever you are, when God is with you, you are going to prosper. But you must trust Him. When God is with you, dead things come back to life. Even when the situations seem hopeless. The doctors say there is nothing else they can do. But this is a good time. Because God did not say there is nothing I can do. When earthly man say it is impossible. That's when God says it is possible. When man have exhausted all that man can do and decide, because normally that's when we trust God, when we have done everything we can do. Danny McClurkey said, when you've done everything, all you can do, you must stand. I, I would rewrite that script. I we should stand on the promises of God before we do all that we can do, because it means we are leaving God as a last resource. Our last, our last, our, 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 like we have no other choice. No, no, no. We should turn to him when we have choice or we don't have choice. Options are no options. He is to be the only choice. So when the doctors say, and the electric company say, and the landlord say, and the supermarket say, and the stomach is growling and saying, trust God. If God is amongst you, everything that seems dead, everything that seems sick and final, everything that seems impossible and unmovable and impossible, when God says, I am with you, it means that he's going to be doing something for you, with you, through you. Pain, hardship, uncertainty, that disappointments should be embraced as a part of our growth when God is with us. That don't sound like nothing nobody wants to say hallelujah, amen to, but I'm going to repeat it. Pain and hardship, uncertainties, and disappointments should be embraced, embraced as a part Hallelujah. of when God is with us. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When God is with us, pain can't stop you. When God is with you, hardship can't stop you from praising and giving your God glory. Actually, it should motivate you to praise more. Yesterday, when we stood in that room with Nicole, none of us cried from, from hopelessness. None of us cried because we, we wondered how oh, impossible this was going to be for God. We cried out to the Lord because we said, God, the doctors said they are done. But we know that you are not finished. We know you are not finished, God. No matter how it look, when God is amongst you, when God is with you, it looks different. The outcome is different. When God is with us, we lose the taste of sin. Things that I once comfortably did, I no longer desire to do. Things you felt comfortable doing before, you no longer desire to do. When God is with you, you start to lose the appetite. It's like when you're on a weight loss program. You think, I am going to work out and run, walk, exercise, lift weights. And when I'm finished, I'm going to come and eat Burger King. Oh, no. I am not doing that. It takes too much energy to build a muscle. It takes too much energy to walk three, four, five miles. But after I burn maybe two, three hundred calories after doing all of that, to come and eat 
a Burger King with 700 calories, you mean that I'll be putting in more than I have taken off or no? And it's the same thing. When God is with you, you start to lose the desire for sin. Because it's a God after you have done so much in me and you bring me this far. You think I'm going to go back to that God? You think, God, I'm going to really turn and go back to that after I see how hard it is for me to give up the, the desire and the appetite for something? God, do you think I'm, I really want to do that? God, do you think I want to go back to that? But as God working us day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, we start to desire the things of God. We start to desire the things of God and he makes his presence so much more tangible over time in our lives that we can say, Father, mm -mm. I cannot go back to the times when I no longer go to church. I cannot go back to the times when I no longer, when I saw church as something that, 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 that I tick off my list. I can no longer go to the time where I'm powerless. I can no longer go to the time where I don't have faith in God. I cannot go back to those times. Because I have seen the work of transformation that God is doing in me. Our attitude towards the people of God and the work of God begins to change. There now becomes a willingness where we once did things out of compulsion and obligation. We now are willing and we are making ourselves available. Because God is amongst us. I no longer see my assignment to moderate or to preach as, oh my God, another week again. Another week again. How did time fly so fast? How come one month run off so quickly? I could have swear that it was last week I moderated. I could have sworn that it was last week I preached. It, 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 oh my God, it, it, time is surely flying. When God is amongst us, our attitude change, working for God flows out of our love for him. I make myself available. I am willing to be used by God. It's no longer about my obligation and my duty. When God is amongst us, check how we are driven by obedience. We are driven to obey. I want to obey God. I hear God say, and I want to obey. I'm no longer doing this because I have to do it. I remember the days and the weeks and the months and the years and some persons can attest to it when I can't wait. I wish every morning I woke up, I wish there was a word from God that said today is the last day of that for you. But that word never came because God was working in me to get to that place that I understand that when he's with me, I serve him, I am obedient, I am willing, I am available to him. When God is with us, I thought Tamar wrote this morning, she, she was glad to be with us. When God is with us, we are glad to meet with each other, even though we are meeting on this forum where we can't touch each other. We don't come because we, we, we feel that if we don't come, they're going to ask us why you weren't here. You come because you want to meet with the people of God. You want to meet with the people of God. So you have this, this because you see it as the ultimate place of blessing where God is most glorified and the people of God are most edified. We edify each other. We encourage each other. We pray for each other. We share our joy with each other. We share our sorrows with each other. And I listen to your pain and I am learning, even if I'm not as compassionate as you are. I am learning to be compassionate. If even if I'm not as loving as you are, we are loving together. To, we are learning together to be loving. This is where we get an opportunity to do it because God is with us. 
prosperity comes when God is amongst us. So we're here praying this morning about finances, God providing. 1 Samuel 18, verse 14. Because God was with David, he prospered in all his ways. 1 Samuel 5, verse 10. David became greater and greater, for the Lord God of hosts was with him. David running for his life from Saul, but he was prospering. David running from his life from Saul, but he became greater and greater because the God of hosts was with him. Jeremiah 1 verse 9 says, They will fight against you, but they will not overcome you. For the Lord your God will deliver you, for he is with you. Can you believe that? They're Amen. fighting against you. But God is saying they can't overcome you. Why? Not because you are strong. Not because you know how to speak in tongues. Not because you can fight. But because God is with you. And that for me is the hallelujah moment. When God is with you. The things you cannot do. You will be able to do. When God is with you. You love like you never understand. You wonder, what is that? Where is that coming from? When God is with you, the thing that seems impossible become possible. When God is with you, you are not easily discouraged to the place where you can't move. And I'm not saying that you can't get discouraged because God is with you. Don't get me wrong. But it won't influence your every action and your every move. When God is with you, the un uncertainties which we all will face from time to time seem different because you can trust the God who knows the beginning, but you can also trust the God who knows the end. You can know the God who says, in the midst I will be with you. When you walk through fire, where will he be? When you walk through water, where does he promise to be? He promises to be with you. And so Thank this you. is how you know when God is with you. Not when the dead God is with you. Not when the, the wooden God is with you. Not when the stone God is with you. But when the living God is with you, the impossible things become possible. The dead things must come to life. When the living God is with you, my sister and brother, he will dislodge the things around you that are hindering you from becoming all that he wants you to be. And sometimes you find yourself losing things and losing people. And you may be wondering where, what is happening? God is saying, I am dislodging and eliminating anything that would cause you not to see that I am with you. I am dislodging and eliminating Anything that would ensnare you and trap you. God said, I am moving out the Canaanites. I am moving all the Hittites out of your life. I am moving all the Evistites out of your life. I am moving out the Jebusites. I am moving all the Amorites out of your life because they are pagan people. And I call you to be a God-centered people. They practice sorcery. They practice jealousy. They practice envy. They practice greed. But I've called you to practice holiness and righteousness. Hallelujah. Anything that is around you, because you are mine and I'm with you, I'm going to move it. So you don't know how to trust him in the times of jobless. And even in the times of having a job and you want to change the job, he's saying, because I'm with you, you will see things differently. Don't waste a moment. I spent so many years of my life waiting on God to say, stop doing church and go and look a job that I didn't do church the way I should have done church. Because I kept waiting. Every morning I'm waiting to hear the answer. And I'm one foot in and one foot out. Half-heartedly serving God. 
If I had known what I know now, oh my God, my first year, my two year, and my three year, I'll be running as if I am at the finish line and I'm going to finish. Running, running, running to ensure that I run my race well. Running, ensuring that because I'm, I have the one with the baton, I must finish my leg well to pass it on. My sisters and my brothers, Amen. I pray that whatever is happening in your life right now will not dictate how you live your life. I pray, my sisters and my brothers, that if you're in your Jordan River is impossible at this moment, you will not live on the other side. You will not live being satisfied with a portion of your promise. But you know that Jericho is in view. You know that AI is in view. You know that the, all the other tribes and all the other parts must be conquered because God has promised it to you and you will not live with anything less. Even when your Jordan seem impossible. So I present to you this morning. I remind you this morning. I tell you this morning, I invite you to come this morning, gather together, let us talk, because our God is among us this morning. Our living God is amongst us this morning. And he wants us to change our mindset. Because if he is with us, who can be against us? If he is with us, who can be against us? If he dictates you forgiven, who can condemn you? If he said, when you walk through the water, I will be with you, who can dictate otherwise? So my sisters and my brothers, I present to you this morning, our living God. Our living God who moves mountains. You can move mountains. He can cause walls to fall with his power. He can perform miracles. There is nothing that's impossible for we're standing here only because he made a way and he can make a way for you. And he can continue to make a way for you. And he will always make a way for you. All he asks you to do is to acknowledge his presence and to cooperate with him in accomplishing, in helping you to dispossess, dislodge those who have what is yours so that you can walk in to the blessings. So thank you, my sisters. So Father, I thank you that you are with us. I thank you that I have the confidence this morning that you are with us, God. Lord, I don't have to question where you are. I don't have to question, Lord, did you come today? Did you, did you make it to us today, God? Did you come in the middle? Did you come at the end? Did you come? No, you have been with us from the beginning because we are your people. And you say, wherever your people are gathered, you are there in their midst. So, Father, let us never live as if you are not here. God, may we never settle. May I never settle for, for partial portion of your promise. God, I want all of my Canaan. And I pray that my sisters and my brothers will desire all of their Canaan, that they will never settle for less than what you have given them. God, we desire to take possession today. Joshua said, based of one translator, today you will know for sure that the living God is with you. Answer, Father, today, I believe, I believe, God, that you are with me. I believe that you are with every NLH member. You are with every NLH friend. I believe today, Father God, that you are with us. And this is all. We are going to know. This is how we are going to know going forward. We will have peace in the midst of storms. 
We will overflow from love rather from effort. We will demonstrate the inner qualities of God because you are with us. Oh God, we will not be tossed to and fro like a ship on a sail because life changes and life seems uncertain. Oh God. But Lord, we'll be anchored in you this morning. We'll be anchored in you this morning because the anchor holds. Though the ship seems battered, the anchor holds. The anchor holds, though the sails may be torn. Oh, Jesus, the anchor holds this morning when you are with us, God. So, Father, I lift my eyes to you, the living God, this morning. And I say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for the assurance. Thank you for the sign that, Lord, come this week, when I see myself tossing to and fro, I will say, no, Ava, God is with you. Get your act together. Get your act together. It may be painful. It may be hard. It may be difficult. But God is with you. And he promises, no, never alone. He promised never to leave me. Never to leave me alone. And I want you to remember and to remind yourself this week when you find the mind going to and fro. When you find that the bill comes and, and the landlord is knocking come Tuesday the 31st. The landlord is knocking. No, never alone. He promised never to leave me. Though the ships and the sails be torn and battered, he is with me. The Father. Thank you for your reminder this morning. Thank you that though the pathway seemed unfamiliar and I've never traveled it before, God, this morning your word to me that no, never alone, Ava. Never alone, I promise you, never to leave you, Ava. Never, never alone. So Father, I thank you this morning for your word to me and your word to your daughters and your sons this morning. May your word take root as Tashina pray. May those olden words that were written over how many years ago, God, thousand years ago, that they will be applicable today. That today, I will know for sure that the living God is with me. So thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. And look.